Brought to you by DKP and Co. Chartered Accountants and Aspire Planning Group. Football Bosses with Michael Zapponi and Tony Pinata on FNR Football Nation Radio. Welcome to the Football Bosses here on FNR. Michael Zapponi and Tony Pignata with you for another week. What a massive show it was last week with uh, David Gallup, the CEO of Football Federation Australia, the big boss. And uh, Tony, the reaction from that one uh, continued to, to play out during the week. And one of the big things that uh, came out of that was that uh, David was talking about the lack of funds uh, that the FFA had quite consistently during that interview. And, uh, and we received a lot of feedback uh, on that one. Yeah, look, yeah, I mean, um, they're turning over about $100 million a year. Um, it seems a lot, but they've got to go through their, all their national programs, the Matildas, the Joeys, the A-League, um, the Socceroos. So it is a massive. Um, where we're different a little bit to, I suppose, the NRL and the AFL in terms of their dollars they get from the TV uh, revenue. Um and, but, you know, if people are just relying on TV re- revenue, well, we need to get our sort of numbers up and show that, uh, you know, we, we are so far behind the NRL and the AFL in terms of uh, viewerships. And they need to find other revenue streams uh, in, in terms of sponsorship, in terms of digital rights uh, in the future and uh, and other revenue streams that uh, they need to look at. But, yeah, terrific interview with, uh, with David. We thank you for joining us. And uh, we go again this week. Another big uh, couple of names to join us. Uh, Joe Montemuro was uh, a man who's be familiar to many in Australian football. He was the coach of the Melbourne City women's team. He was also part of the uh, the men's coaching staff at, at Melbourne City for a couple of years and then uh, this year moved over to Arsenal in England to uh, head up the women's team there. It's an, an incredible setup, and uh, the growth of the game over there is, is massive. Uh, once upon a time, uh, it was the US uh, by a mile uh, in terms of women's football, but the European uh, countries like uh, England and, and France and Germany Germany are now really starting to pour huge resources into the women's game and, uh, and Joe Montemuro will, will join us a little bit later in the program to talk about uh, his experience over there. Yeah, no, it's, uh, you know, Joe's, uh, he won the um, inaugural uh, champions for, uh, for Melbourne City, um, you know, they've won now three in a row, he was there at the start and he became a sort of a senior assistant um, with Ben Shipp. Um, no, he's he's done really well, and I think he's got a, a two or three year deal in uh, in London with with Arsenal. It's a fantastic opportunity, and if you know Joe, he just loves football, and I don't think he can uh, get a better place than uh, where he's uh, at the moment. Uh, albeit uh, a bit cold for him, I suppose. Mm. A guy who uh, did his coaching badges in in Italy, uh, the famous uh, Italian school, uh, Coverciano over there, and uh, is, is very, very well uh, skilled uh, in terms of football coaching. So a terrific uh, fillip for him to be over there uh, coaching at Arsenal. And, and uh, the women's game is really growing across the world. He's, he's talking he'll, uh, about... Uh, in the lead up to the interview about how many games they're playing compared to Australia. When we look at the W League, one of the things that came out in our discussion in last week's program um, with Ante Juric, the coach of the West of the Sydney FC women's team, was the lack of games that uh, we've got here. Uh, we've only got a very short season and it's not enough for, for our women 
to continue to grow and prosper. Uh, and when and compare that to what they're playing in England, 30 to 40 games a season when you put the cup competitions in, uh, it really highlights that uh, we, we need to grow our game even further. We're on the right path here in Australia, but uh, we still need to continue to uh, grow even even more for our women to continue to improve. No, definitely. I think they, they're playing like 11 or 12 games. Um, I think over in the, in the UK, they're playing probably 30 um, they've got two divisions. They're expanding next year, um, you know, to, to teams of twelve. Uh, in both divisions, they've got uh, Champions League as well games. So, and I think uh, I think Arsenal are in, uh, in in a cup final against Man City coming up uh, in, in a week or two time. So we'll ask Joe about that, and uh, you know, maybe his first chance of silverware. But um, I know Ante was uh, pretty. Um, direct in saying that the uh, W League needs more games and I think it just comes down to a, a sheer funding uh, for per club to, to do it but uh, I think it'll eventually we'll, we'll get there where they can play each other twice and have an 18 round competition and, and more meaningful means juggling because the season is um, is uh, I suppose uh, sch- scheduled around the, the American leagues as well as you see a lot of our players are now moving to, to America you know Alana Kennedy back to uh, Orlando Sam Kerr will go there all the other sort of uh, big name players will, will move to the uh, to the US and then come back for the W League so it's a scheduling is an issue but uh, I think it does need uh, bigger and more games and we've seen the success of the Matildas um, they didn't lose a game and how they did make the final I still can't work out the, uh, yeah. the point system <laughs> over there but they did really really well and uh, yeah it was uh, a, a real credit uh, to, to, to Alan uh, Stajic uh, the, the head coach and, and all the players in, uh, in uh, doing so you well You touch on Sam Kerr someone like Sam Kerr I'm sure will be uh, attracting interest uh, in leagues like England you look at uh, the budgets they're operating with they're big budgets and uh, the, the money will start to be thrown at, uh, at uh, players right around the world also joining us on the program is John Satsimus. He is the boss of the Western Sydney Wanderers. The CEO uh, has had plenty to deal with over the last few weeks with uh, crowd issues that we're, uh, we're well aware of. Uh, and it's a tough time for Western Sydney, isn't it? They're, they're in between stadiums at the moment uh, and uh, it's, it's really going to be uh, a tough 18 months for them. Yeah, look, if, if he had any hair, he wouldn't have any, any left He hasn't now. got much. No, he hasn't got much, no. <laughs> look, it's uh, tough. And given uh, the start of the season with uh, Tony Popovich uh, and, and the bombshell of, of leaving, um, you know, trying to find a coach, um, the issue last week with the, uh, with the flares, um, you know, the moving, the crowds, um, which, which goes to show that... Uh, now, Sydney FC are going to have a, a tough time moving out of Allianz, um, you know, and moving to a different venue as well. And uh, but I think, I think the uh, the road uh, is getting getting better with John. I think they'll they'll move into the new stadium, which is going to be fantastic. Um, but um, yeah, he's had he's had a tough uh, tough few weeks, and uh, I, you know, I feel for him. And I, you know, I think he's made the right decision closing the active area. Um, you know, he wrote to the active area fans uh, to start of the season explain to them um, and they've got to understand what can and can't be done uh, and our laws and, and, and what we have to do as, as clubs um, and what they have to do in terms of regulations with, with the police and, and, and the federation everyone and uh, people need to understand this We look forward to another great discussion uh, on this program with uh, the boss of the Western Sydney Wanderers Joe John Tatsimus and of course coming up right after this break Joe Montemuro the head coach of the Arsenal women's football team here on the Football Bosses on FNR Here comes the money Here we 
Brought to you by DKP and Co. Chartered Accountants and Aspire Planning Group. Football Bosses with Michael Zapponi and Tony Pinata on FNR Football Nation Radio. Welcome back to the Football Bosses here on FNR. Michael Zapponi and Tony Pinata with you and uh, one man who was... Very familiar to us all here in Australia as the coach of the women's team at Melbourne City is Joe Montemuro. These days he's coaching over in England at Arsenal and he's the head coach there of the women's team. Joe, thanks for joining us. Pleasure, guys. Talk to us about your experience over there so far. We know that uh, you were successful as a coach at Melbourne City and uh, so far so good in, in England. What's the experience been like for you? Oh, look, it, uh, it probably uh, speaks for itself, um, you know, being at a club uh, of such magnitude and a club that uh, has an and an identity and, uh, you know, to be used a little bit surreal, um, but it's been absolutely amazing. Uh, I suppose the industry's uh, incredible. You're dealing with uh, with the best in the world and, um, you know, just, just privileged and, uh, and quite, and still pinching myself a little bit, but it's been great. We've seen, we've seen the league in Australia lift uh, in standard over the last few years and the way that the clubs treat the women's teams has certainly improved. Talk to us about how the women's teams are, are treated over, over in England at a, at a club like Arsenal. Yeah, look, I suppose the integration um, is, is quite normal. Um, Arsenal especially, uh, you know, we, we're in the same facility as the, as, as the men's, uh, the under-23s and the under-18s. Uh, our own, our own specific uh, area and facility, and uh, you know, it's it's effectively one of the elite teams. And uh, I can speak, uh, I suppose, for uh, you know, also your Chelsea, your Man City, and uh, and, a, and a handful of other clubs. And uh, you know, it seems to be a, a trait that's happening all around Europe at the moment, uh, especially in France and Germany, where uh, the clubs are integrating the women's football, and um, you know, they're seeing they're seeing the uh, the benefits of it. Joe. Um I mean, you coached in the uh, W League here, and how have you found the standard over in the UK versus the, uh, the Australian W League? Yeah, look, um, to be honest, a, a little bit surprised. Um, a, a very high standard, a standard that um, um, you're challenged every week because you're playing against um, you know very astute, very astute teams, and uh, you're playing against world class players on a week to week basis. So, um, are you challenged tactically because a lot of these teams are very, very well organised? Uh, the pace is, is a lot is a lot quicker. Um, the tempo is a lot higher, um, and uh, and as I said, from a coaching perspective, challenge tactically, um, and you need to be you need to be super prepared. Um, but uh, yeah, look, I, I've been I've been surprised um, at the at the high level. I've you, been surprised at the high level. You got ten teams, is that right? In the in the Premier League, there for for women, yeah, and, and you play ten teams currently this year. Yeah, ten teams, and they're. Uh, they're expanding it to 12 teams in both the WSL and the second division, so it's uh, it's going to go to 12 and 12. And you play and what? You play each other twice, so you have what? Eight, 18 games yeah. a season. Is that right? Yeah, 18 games. Plus we've got the League Cup, which effectively is uh, League, uh, well, the WSL League League One and League Two, which play off in uh, in, in four groups, um, and they play each other twice. So that's another another six games there, plus quarterfinals, semis, and finals. Um, and then you've got the FA Cup, and if uh, which is again we're in the we're in the quarterfinals of the FA Cup next week. Um, you know you've got another eight games there, 
Um, and then obviously if you're in if you're in the Champions League, you've got another another probably six seven games there if you go right through. So a lot more football content for the players, which which can only help. And what's one of the challenges we've got in Australia, I suppose, is lack of game time for for uh, the players that are playing professionally here in Australia. Correct. Yeah. Look, I mean, um, obviously, uh, you know, you've, you've probably got more more ability to play games in terms of a more teams and b um, you know the, the opportunity for to play intercontinental sort of stuff and uh, and I suppose stuff within Europe so um, so yeah I mean there's uh, obviously that uh, that that possibility from that point of view so so definitely uh, yeah there's a lot more games. How would someone like Sam Kerr fit into your team? Oh look, Sam's uh, Sam's a special player. Um, you know I think uh, a lot of clubs would be looking would be looking to have her. Uh, in their in their team, and uh, you know she's uh, she's got that X factor, which uh, I'm I'm pretty sure a lot of clubs would uh, would be happy to have her in. Joe, um, we don't get many English players coming out. I know Jody um, Jody Taylor is playing at uh, Melbourne City, and they just uh, won the grand final for the third time in a row. Um, but it's because of the uh, the seasons that overlap, and a lot of our W League players then tend to move to to the US. Um, have you had a look at the uh, the US sort of structure as well, and how does that compare with uh, with the English um, structure? Yeah, yeah. Look, effectively, the, the difficulty is is that a lot of these, um, especially in, in England, Germany, uh, France, and and Sweden, the top four leagues in, in, in Europe, um, they, they they effectively run same as their men's season, so on, and a lot of these players are on uh, are on contracts uh, which which run annually. Um, so effectively, the only time they get off is uh, is the July, the January, sorry, the June, the June sort of period, like like obviously the men's. So obviously it's, it's very difficult for clubs to release them, um, you know, during the during the uh, during the off season to come and uh, come and play. Um, Jody's Jody's situation was particular because she she decided that she wanted to go to the US. So so on her on her way to the US, she, she had an opportunity to go to uh, to play in Australia and then and then head off to the. To the US, which starts in, in April, so so the so the leagues uh, sort of work together. Um, and, and look, in Germany and in Sweden, they have they have the mid-season break uh, during the during the uh, the Christmas sort of January area. But again, it's very difficult for a, for a club like you know Wolfsburg or Frankfurt to, to, to loan out a player to the to the Australian league. So it's yeah, it's just purely it's purely a timing thing that makes it very very difficult for European players to, to play. Uh, in, in, in the W League. For a long time, Joe, the US League was, was held up as, as the pillar, as the one that uh, set the standard. Uh, how far off uh, are those European leagues now? They're bridging the gap, no doubt, but as you said, the, the leagues are expanding there and you're attracting world-class players. Uh, how long before yeah. the, the standard there overtakes what, what we're seeing in the US? Different. I think, they're, I think um, having sort of worked here a little bit now, um, I, think, I think they're different standards. Um, I think, you know, definitely... Definitely, there. Um, you know, a lot of the, a lot of the, especially the German teams and the French teams, technically and tactically, are, are, are very, very astute and very, very good. You know, and uh, you know they they compete very, very highly with with a lot of the uh, the US teams. Um, you know, and, and obviously they've got uh, a salary cap scenario. You know, where a lot of the um, a lot of the European teams, you know, it's 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 open it's open slather. They can they can bring in the best players wherever I or for whoever they want. So. Uh, a Lyon, a Wolfsburg, you know, a City or an Arsenal could definitely uh, compete compete with a lot of the American teams. But uh, as I said, the American the American league is definitely a showcase league, and they uh, they do very very well. Joe, uh, how does the English national team compare at the moment? Where are they sort of uh, situated in the in the world of football? 
Sorry, I missed, I missed that. I missed that. Sorry, guys. The English national team, how they um, yes. situated in the world of football in, in terms of ranking and, and yeah, quality? Yeah, they're, the, they're in the top six at the moment, um, doing very, very well. Um, they're at the She Believes Cup at the moment, US. They drew 2-2 with Germany um, and beat France 4-1 last week. So, uh, you know, they're definitely up there, um, semi-finals in the last World Cup. And uh, there's, a, there's an abundance of very, very good footballers, um, both playing here in, in England in the WSL but also also abroad so um, yeah they've definitely um, they're definitely doing it doing a great job and uh, Phil Neville has just been appointed coach so um, you know they've definitely gone for the high profile sort of idea to, to go forward and um, yeah no look uh, the, the FA is definitely supporting it and they're putting they're putting in very very good programs even for the under 20s under 17s and so on uh, in regards to uh, moulding schooling and placing them in clubs and, uh, and, and actually funding the clubs to uh, to, to give them the, uh, the the full athlete I suppose um, service in regards to their schooling to, to playing pro football and so on so uh, so there's definitely a, there's definitely a massive push from the federation also. We're speaking to Joe Montemuro, head coach of the Arsenal women's football team. Joe, just given what you said about the budgets um, and you look at attracting the best players in the world, I touched on Sam Kerr earlier. She is the best player in the world, recognised by FIFA this year. How long before she's playing in, in one of these leagues uh, and and would a team like Arsenal uh, look at her as as the leading example of, of a, a marquee player you'd like to get to, to the Premier League? Yeah, look, I'm obviously she's a, she's a, a special player, and uh, you know there'd be a lot of clubs lining up to to get her. It's uh, it's really uh, again up to, uh, up to up to the player. You know, um, it's uh, again a different scenario here where you've you've got to sign a contract and uh, and be here for you know for, for copious amounts of times, and uh, it's a normal sort of contractual situation where you've got to be here for uh, you know for a, for a three or four year or, or two year whatever whatever the term is where. You can't float between the A League and uh, sorry between the W League and the and the American League, um, you know, and uh, and then obviously she's got national team duties, and uh, I know that part of the national team sort of scenario is that they need to be need to be required to play W League if they can. Um, so there there are a few complications um, in terms of with Australian players because they are are in a central through a centralised contract. But uh, look, I, I can I can see definitely that if, if uh, you know Sam Kerr has the opportunity to play at a at a big club in Europe, that uh, they definitely allow it to happen. You know, obviously for, for her benefit. Is it only a matter of time getting getting through those barriers you mentioned of, of the the centralised contract? Yeah, Is look, it only a matter of time before so, we I see think. them over there? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, it's just it's just more a scheduling thing because obviously you know the requirements to, to play for the national team. It's pretty much like the like the men's national team, you know, getting them back for. Asian Cup qualifiers and so on and so on is, is, is a difficulty, um, and, uh, and you can understand why you know it was probably done in that in that sort of way. Um, but again, you know, it's uh, it, it will happen. It will happen, and I think it can only benefit players. You know, the more players that are playing in the top leagues in Europe. I mean, the, the growth of the game will just uh, will just expand, and obviously, it'll be better for the national. Yeah, team. don't get me wrong. I don't want to lose her from the W League, but I think if you're talking that type of budget and that that amount of football, you're talking about thirty or forty games a year of professional football. It can only help develop Correct. a player uh, even further. Yeah, well, it's, it's yeah, it's it's a real it's a real football industry. It's 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 real football, and uh, you know, and that's and, and to compete at the best, you've got to be with the best. Talk to us about the type of exposure that uh, the, the league gets there. We know that uh, Fox Sports here has increased the number of games 
broadcast uh, each weekend on the W League compared to last year, and let's yep. hope that continues that trend. Uh, what's the, the media yep. coverage like in England? Yeah, pretty good. We get uh, there's, a, there's a live game, uh, one live game every week on, 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 on either BT or BBC, um, and there's also uh, pay-per-view uh, opportunities uh, to watch to watch other games. Uh, Sunday night there's a uh, there's a review show which is basically a highlight show on BBC BBC One or Two, um, and then obviously uh, I mean sorry then there's uh, then there's a, a like a I suppose a review or preview show on a Monday night also. So the the coverage on free to wear is quite quite good. Um, uh, and, and look. There's a, there's a lot of media coverage in terms of uh, newspaper and, uh, and and print media also. So uh, so yeah, it, it's good growing. Uh, I believe the, uh, the 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 rights come up in 19 or 20, and they're looking at a at a, at a fairly hefty sort of rise, uh, which hopefully will go back to the clubs. Um, Joe, on the 14th of March, you go for silverware. So right against Man City for the uh, cup final. Yeah, no, it's exciting. Um, League Cup final, the Continental Cup, they call it here. Uh, Played against uh, uh, Man City, and uh, obviously they're the benchmark side, and uh, you know they've they've done very very well, and they're they're, they're a you know, they're, they're they're a super team, and it's going to be difficult. Um, but uh, it's just great to, to sort of have the opportunity to get there, and uh, hopefully it's sort of a step a step forward to getting Arsenal back to where we want it to be, and that's uh, one of the best teams in Europe, and if not the best team in in the UK. So uh, it's it's a, it's a great opportunity, and really privileged to, to be given this opportunity. Just before we let you go, um, the the men's coach, obviously Arsene Wenger. How much do you have to do with the the, the men's uh, national, the, the the panel of coaches there, and, and is there a lot of integration between the, the coaching staff? Look, to be honest, uh, our schedules are so are so uh, uh, amazing. I mean, especially the men's; they're playing you know two, three, three games a week, and that's uh, we sort of we, we sort of pass each other and wave and. Uh, you know, we'll be having lunch together and sort of have a bit of a chat and stuff, but we, we haven't really had the opportunity to sit down and, and, uh, and integrate sort of any coaching sort of uh, chats and stuff like that. But, uh, uh, so that's, that's probably uh, one of the things, hopefully, when things settle down a bit, we can, we can sit down. But in terms of all the, uh, all the other coaches in regards to our sports science, medical, um, all, our, uh, all our strength and conditioning people, they're, they're very integrated into the, uh, into the other groups. And, uh, yeah, so, uh, so, so we see each other, but we don't, uh, we don't have a lot, uh, a lot to do at the moment because, uh, as I said, our schedules are just uh, all over the shop at the moment. Uh, yeah. Joe, um, and how are you handling the weather? <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, the million-dollar question, eh? Um, yeah, look, it's, uh, look, to be honest, the, the snow's been beautiful. It's actually been quite nice, so uh, you sort of... Uh, I think it's probably just uh, a bit of a... Uh, it's a bit of a novelty for me at the moment, so uh, so enjoying it quite a lot. We'll, we'll wait and see uh, in, in the coming seasons whether I enjoy the cold weather or not. Uh, yeah, could could probably do with a little bit of sun now, but uh, look, you just sort of you sort of get on on with it. And uh, as I said, from a football perspective, it's just other challenges now. You know, you, you've got frosty grounds, and uh, you know you've got to train indoor at times when the snow's there. So just just different challenges, but. Uh, but all good. You get used to it. And you're in London as we record this uh, tomorrow morning. Juventus uh, take on Tottenham in London. Do you get along to that? Will you go along to Wembley and have a look? Yeah, I'm actually uh, privileged to go and uh, go and watch the game, so I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. And um, yeah, so uh, so I'm, I'm looking forward to hopefully uh, you know um, hopefully uh, Juventus getting up if, if possible. Um, and uh, then we've got uh, we've got uh, Arsenal AC Milan the the, the the day after, which is great. And, and I'll get get down to the Emirates next week to watch uh, to watch the Gunners against Milan. 
Fantastic. Well, let's hope uh, Juventus uh, get the job done and uh, Paolo Dybala <laughs> scores another great goal at the death. You're in your element Absolutely. there, Joe, aren't you? You're in your element there, Joe, aren't you? Just football, football and football. Uh, yeah, I'd have to say uh, it's, it's not too bad. It's not too bad. No, I'm really enjoying it. It's been very, very privileged and, um, you know, just uh, just uh, love every minute of it. So it's... Uh, it's uh, hopefully a good a good message to a lot of other coaches in Australia and so on. Just before we let you go, um, we know that you were doing a bit of work with the national team and on, on some scouting for for Ange Postacoglu. Ange has moved on now, and uh, there's a preparation for the World Cup occurring. Uh, do you still have any involvement with with the national team uh, leading into the World Cup? No, not at all. Not at all. Uh, I did some some initial scouting uh, for the Asian Cup. Um, uh, yeah, just uh, some 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 uh, some work for. Uh, the group and um, yeah, but since then haven't haven't uh, haven't had the opportunity to do any any work, uh, which uh, you know, which uh, if the opportunity comes again, it'd be great. Terrific. Well, we thank you very much for joining us and being very generous with your time, and uh, good luck for the remainder of the season over there. Uh, Arsenal sitting third on the table in uh, the the uh, Women's Premier League in England, and uh, fantastic uh, effort for, from from your point of view to to be over there and coaching at one of the the best leagues in the world. Thanks again, Joe. Thank you very much, Sappers. Thanks a lot. Joe Montemuro joining us on the Football Bosses. Here comes the money. Here we go. Money talk. Brought to you by DKP and Co. Chartered Accountants and Aspire Planning Group. Football Bosses with Michael Zapponi and Tony Pinata on FNR Football Nation Radio. Welcome back to Football Bosses here on FNR. Michael Zapponi, Tony Pinata with you. And the boss of the Western Sydney Wanderers joins us now, John Satsumas. Thanks for joining us, John. Thank you for having me on the show. Now, your uh, former counterpart at West at Sydney FC, Tony Pinata, came out in the press this week saying that the Western Sydney fan... What, did you, what are you getting involved in the conversation about Western Sydney tone? I'm in the media now. Um, <laughs> no, look, I, I just said that they, uh, they, don't, they don't get it. Um, and uh, you know, I, I think the decision made by uh, by John um, was was the right decision. I think uh, he's uh, you know given them enough chances, um, and you know, unfortunately, it, it had to come to this. Talk to us about uh, the last couple of weeks, uh, John. Obviously, uh, Western Sydney's uh, fan base has been in the news yet again. Yeah, it's certainly been a, a challenging period for the club um, in the last couple of weeks, and. Um, um, it certainly makes it difficult for concerned, and you know, right from the outset, and um, we need to re- reinforce the message that uh, our fans are exceptional. Um, they've been outstanding since our inception, and um, they've they contributed amazingly to the fabric of this club. Um, unfortunately, you know, it, it, it got to a stage where you know we had to act, and it's not something that we'd like to do. But unfortunately, they're, they're the circumstances that are in place at the moment and um, and hopefully we're able to uh, rebuild and um, reinforce the message that um, that sort of um, illegal activity and antisocial behaviour won't be accepted and and I think um, broadly speaking uh, it's understood. You, you made the decision to shut down the active support for, for your last home game at Spotless. Uh, how was that received amongst the, the broader fan base and, and uh, what are you planning for the, for the next few weeks? Yeah, look, um, uh, it's certainly a difficult one for the club, and we saw you saw the crowd on the weekend, um, um, which um, it impacted upon what was presented. But um, 
having said that, we were always um, in that uh, mindset to do that. We, we set out our stall very early in the season and, and warned what the, the, the repercussions of any such action would be. And uh, I feel sorry for those in the RBB um, who, um, you know, uh, uh, by and large, an amazing group of supporters. And, um, and this is what makes it even more difficult. Um, you know, there's been a myriad of opinions as to what's right, what's wrong, and and um, um, which further complicates the, the matter. But, you know, in any such action and any such broad scope of opinion, um, you know, the only opinions that um, do not attach themselves to any... Um, uh, any obligations and, and broader commitments and responsibilities and um, you know uh, some views of spouse don't have any reference or deference to legal parameters that we operate in and by extension have no obligation to consider the safety element of conducting a game and, and everything that goes with that you know people say flares are you know great and that's it's fantastic but until someone gets hurt like that 12 year old in Dandenong a couple of years ago and now that was your child or mine or anyone else's in the active area um, and it was their brother, sister, and injured, I'm sure their view would change somewhat. And as hires of the venue and the conductors of the match, uh, that falls back onto us, and uh, we need to be positive in our, in our messaging, but um, also uh, ensure that the safety of the patrons and, and uh, how we present on match day is, is maintained. Uh, spot on, um, John, and, and people have got to understand that you know, flares are illegal in Australia. End of story. There are no flares and, and the police, um, and, and you know it and I know it, the costing, uh, the security um, and, and the tolerance of these flares uh, is, is zero. So uh, just don't do it. Um, John, have you had a chance to speak to some of the RBB leaders uh, about this? Now, I know that 99.99% of your fans are fantastic, and it's that, el- that element that you're trying to... to, to get rid of or make them understand that what they're doing is, is detrimental to the, to the game. Um, have you had a chance to sit down with them and talk about this? Yeah, look, we've had dialogue. We've had dialogue on along and, and, and like I said, the amount of time and effort these people put into into presenting on match day cannot be understated. You know, the difficulty comes in bringing the fan culture to, to the fore within the landscape that we are provided in. And, you know, the examples that are, that are consistently brought to me, you know, the South American atmosphere and the European, you know, but these operate in different legislative frameworks. And, and you know, as much as people might say, you know, that's just administrative gobbledygook, but it's fact. This is where we operate in, you know, and, and you know, the, the challenges that away from the, you know, as you know, Tony, away from the eye of the public, uh, court of a public opinion, you know, certainly in terms of number of policing and how our matches are policed and um, the number of police at our matches, you know, what we can do within the venues. And, you know, the other challenge that we've got as Western Sydney Wanderers, you know, the different approaches to match day by police, not only in the way we are handled match to match, but also depending on where we play. And, um, you know, there's different area, local area command approaches. You know, we're at Parramatta with operators on a different local area command to to where we are now at the Olympic Park. And, uh, you know, the way the, the Western Sydney approach uh, are approached by the police at times certainly makes it difficult. But having said that, there are a great number of police that are very supportive in terms of what we do. So it's very difficult in the fine line balance that we as administrators need to get right, but we need to be able to bring this fan culture to the fore, to the fore and, and make sure that you know, everyone is across it, whether it's police, stadium, security, fans, club. Everyone has a role to play, including the governing body. And uh, we also face challenges when we travel away. And as you know, Victorian laws and 
and other states are different to New South Wales and the expectations and education um, on both sides of the fence um, certainly need a bit of work. Am I right in saying that, um, John, that you know, the, the match day experience at, at Parramatta Stadium when, when, when you were there was, was one of the best in the A-leg, I had the privilege of going there. Tony's been there, and you're there week in, week out. And one of the big debates we've been having about fan experience has been around ticketing and the way fans can get into a particular area of the ground and whether they need an individual ticket or whether they need to show ID. And all of this has sort of played a big role in in impacting that experience, uh, are we any closer to a resolution uh, across the league on 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 the way that that active support is managed? I, I think there's a lot of work that needs still to go into, and it needs. And, and the problem is, we're fragmented as a game in terms of this space right now. Um, in terms of the fans, clubs, uh, governing body, it certainly makes it difficult. From a from a from a personal perspective, or the Western Sydney Wanderers perspective. We're nomads at the moment, which makes it difficult at the moment. We're two, we play two different venues, sometimes a third, which makes different processes and procedures in place, different seating bays, different allocation of tickets, different um, um, uh, uh, profiles of police that attend our matches. Um, this makes it difficult from a personal perspective for us. Um, and, and, and as an example at the Derby, uh, the difficulty is in the venue itself. I mean, there, there, were, um, there were people that were able to get into the bay that um, were not part of the active supporter group. Um, now, these make it difficult for us to in, ensure that we have a uh, consistent, uh, a, a streamlined and understood way of approaching match day and active support areas. And these are all things that need to be worked on. There's a lot of work that needs to go on. There's a lot of frustration in the game at the moment. And uh, these elements are symptomatic of that. Now, Sydney FC um, look like they'll have to move, um, given that uh, Allianz is going to be um, sort of uh, pulled down and, and rebuilt. Um, and they'll have the ch- same challenges as what you've had, John. And uh, how's your um, your new uh, stadium going? Oh, it's looking fantastic. We can't wait to get in there, to be honest, gents. Um, the, the construction... Um, excites us all and um, like I said we've been nomadic for, for a couple of years now and impa- it's impacted our, our club um, significantly um, as you would understand um, but we cannot wait to get back there and um, um, certainly be something to behold when we do go back there Now the, uh, the new stadium you're going to um, have sort of like an active area um, where fans can stand um, is, Yes, is it- yeah, we, we, we've, we've, we've lobbied for that long and hard and there were some challenges to get through that and mm-hmm. obviously um, working through with the government um, in terms of that and obviously it's, it's used by the sport so we need to be uh, we need to be prime and front in terms of our, our our position in that we we want stand safe standing areas and they uh, you know it, it was it was paramount to our submission that um, um, our our fan culture be transferred to that stadium and um, and these are the battles that we have uh, had behind the scenes, and um, and uh, it's come to fruition. And we're excited to see how that unfolds, and we look forward to our active group and the RBB being in that um, in that on the first match day in that stadium on uh, in 2019. Okay, that was a question. So not 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 far. I think it's um, it's going to be fantastic, and uh, you know, a great football stadium is is what what this league needs. 
Yeah, John, talk to us about um, the expansion, uh, we, something we speak about uh, regularly on our program and, and the impact on other clubs and the need for expansion. We all agree we need expansion. And uh, if you believe what you read in the press, uh, another team in Sydney looks like it's uh, a sure thing. Uh, what, what are you hearing uh, there amongst uh, the A-League clubs uh, in Sydney and, and uh, what would a, another club in Sydney uh, do for Western Sydney? What type of impact would it have? Oh, look, um, you, know, the, the, you know, that's for others to discuss. I mean, in terms of the Western Sydney Wanderers, you know, we're focused on, 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 on improving the league as best as we can and making that contribution, and, and our fans bring a, a massive element to that. In terms of it impacting upon us, um, um, I don't know how far it would. I mean, um, there is only one team that we, you know, we do not like, and uh, we've, it's Tony's old group, and... Um, I don't, I'm not sure the effect of another Sydney team in terms of that rivalry. It might take a while to to to, to, to bring up that east versus west divide that we have uh, with um, the blue side. But um, um, unless we, you know, indi- uh, unless the indications are quite clear in terms of who will, that will be, I'll, I'll probably reserve my judgment in terms of what team will come in. But nevertheless, expansion needs to happen. Uh, we need more teams. We need uh, an opportunity for new players to come through, and and um, we need new areas represented. So, whatever decision is made, I hope it's made in the best interest of the game and the fans in, uh, at large. If it is from that southern uh, corridor, does that impact geographically for those who who aren't in Sydney? Geographically, do do any of your supporter base uh, come from that area of Sydney? I wouldn't have thought it, it impacted uh, significantly at all. So. Um, uh, I think um, you know that that area is uh, you know the, the Wollongong southern southern side of Sydney is a is a, uh, a great nursery of football has uh, contributed significantly in the past and uh, have no doubt if they get a team they'll do it um, they'll do it justice they'll do the league justice. What about on the park this year? I know that uh, you're you're managing things uh, off the park, but on the park it was a tumultuous start to the year. No one saw uh, Tony Popovich's exit coming, uh, but Joseph Gomgaal has taken over and. Uh, and you're fighting for a final spot. Have you assessed uh, the season uh, on the park? Yeah, look, it's been a, a, a very difficult uh, period. I mean, we had um, assembled our squad earlier than, than than any other club this season, or any other time that we've actually done it before. And noting the Arsenal game was here, and we had a very, very solid, well-grounded pre-season with all our players here, and um, certainly was a, a bombshell at the start of the season, uh, which uh, obviously, and, and as the time has passed, indicated it's thrown us a bit. Um, together with the um, the stadium situation and being nomadic and and a one or two of other matters uh, certainly made it a a challenging year at that. But uh, notwithstanding that, we're still in the, in the finals hunt and uh, we hope to be at the conversation into the season um, and and being a prime player in that uh, in that regard. Well, John, we thank you very much for joining us uh, today and uh, good luck with uh, managing all of those uh, issues that you have to deal with as a CEO. It's a, it's a tough job and uh, you're in the spotlight more than most uh, in the A-League and, uh, and you know, when we look ahead, we know it's going to be a, a, a tough road this season and next season for you as you, as you spoke about being nomads, but, geez, we can't wait for that, uh, for that new stadium uh, to open and uh, look forward to the first game where Western Sydney walks onto the new Parramatta Stadium. Thanks for joining us today. Thank you for having me on, Jens. John, John Satsimus, uh, the CEO of Western Sydney Wanderers, joining us on the Football Bosses. Here comes the money. Here we go. Money talk. Brought to you by DKP and Co. Chartered Accountants and Aspire Planning Group. Football Bosses.
with Michael Zapponi and Tony Pinata on FNR Football Nation Radio. Welcome back to the Football Bosses. Just about run out of time, Tony, but uh, a fantastic conversation with uh, Joe Montemuro, uh, who's doing a great job uh, over there at Arsenal. They're third on the table at the moment in the Women's uh, Premier League, and and the type of money they're throwing around, I reckon it's not too long before he starts raiding uh, our Australian players like Sam Kerr. Well, they're um, high-profile players, probably some of the best in the world. I think Alana Kennedy is, uh, you know, a selection, well, not a selection, but a, a candidate for the world team, as Sam Kerr is. So great quality of players, and uh, he knows them well. So uh, why not? And uh, fascinating in- discussion with John Satsum. It's great that he could join us. It's been a tough year for them. It's going to be another tough year for them as well next year with uh, with the, the stadium that they don't have uh, a home to call upon. But um, the light at the end of the tunnel is this is this new facility that they're building, and uh, we look forward to to going there. It, it really is going to be another tough season for them next year, given they are nomads, as as he described. Yeah, no, it's hard. Uh, you know, they've had to move out of um, Parramatta, uh, which had a great atmosphere. You know, twenty thousand, um, you know, enormous uh, crowds would go there, um, and they've had to sort of move venues. And he said, he, you know, even three times, uh, which which makes it hard. Um, you know, we put it out last night about questions, and of course, some of the questions were about the uh, the flares and the pyros, and uh, you know, about smoke device areas that are used. Uh, in Orlando, um, safe pyro areas, um, you know, the, these these things that uh, probably done overseas but not here. Uh, the laws don't allow it. The police won't allow it. Um, so fans need to get over it uh, and create their at- atmosphere, which they do. And uh, there's enough atmosphere out there to, to make it a, a great game day experience without these um, you know, flares and smoke devices, etc. Yeah, the match day experience at uh, Parramatta Stadium was, was amazing uh, and you didn't need the flares to, to go with it. So good luck to John and uh, the Western Sydney Wanderers. They're still in the hunt for a finals berth, so uh, it'll be a fascinating leading to the A-League finals. Thanks for joining us again, and uh, Tony, and uh, lining up some t- terrific guests. And we thank you for listening. We'll We'll uh, do it all again next week. From me, Michael Zapponi and Tony Pinata. it's goodbye from now. Here comes the money. Here we go. Money talk. Brought to you by DKP and Co. Chartered Accountants and Aspire Planning Group. Football Bosses with Michael Zapponi and Tony Pinata on FNR Football Nation Radio. Ching, ching.